0: Sun. there'll be peace when you are done. Lay your to rest. Don't you cry no more. Welcome to the Supernatural Cast, a podcast dedicated to re-watching Supernatural from the CW. Hey, welcome back to the Supernatural Cast. i Jimmy and George. You may be able to tell my voice is still a little... Funky from uh, being sick for the majority of the last week or so, and uh, we're going to try to ease on through that anyway, and try to get a probably, hopefully, two short episodes out pretty quickly. I thought about doing and try to do a double episode here, but at this point, I still haven't watched the most recent episode, uh, Blood Brothers, so I need. To, I, I wanted to wait. Basically, I wanted to wait to do this podcast before I saw that episode, so we'll, we'll go from there. I hope fall goes well, and uh, obviously it hasn't gone well lately. <laughs> Maybe we can have a short episode out today, and maybe a short one out this weekend, and then hopefully get caught back up with an early one for next week, like Monday or Tuesday or something, or next week, can actually be back on track, for the most part. <laughs> and again, I am sorry we were behind. Well, we are back, like I have uh, just introduced us here, and one thing we definitely like to try to do is uh, go over the ratings, we try to talk about a few other things. We don't have an official Supernatural News section, necessarily. Uh, but we do try to cover just like I said, just a few things like with the with mostly with the ratings, and then I, I guess as we get closer to the Christmas season, we'll, we'll be covering um, when the break will occur, and hopefully you know how long um, the show will be on hiatus because usually around the first or second week of December, the CW will take the shows off probably until like February, maybe maybe the end of January. We'll have to wait and see. So usually you know five, six, seven weeks without our uh, beloved Supernatural. One thing that we could mention here before we get to the ratings. Back, I, uh, we talked about this uh, on Facebook a little bit, it is in my absence here. Back on October 27th, TNT had a 24-hour Supernatural Marathon, which was cool. I caught a couple episodes there of some of my favorites um, from back in like season 5 um, and 6 and stuff. And so I thought that was kind of fun, just to randomly cut cut it on and see that it was on um, that, at that point. I, I definitely enjoyed that. Alright, so I did think that was cool. I know a couple of you probably maybe at least checked that out a little bit. Over on TV by the numbers is where we would get our ratings news from. The episode we're here to talk about at this point, Bitten, did get a rating of 1.898 million viewers total with an 18 to 49 category of 0.7. So that's definitely a drop from the 1 million the week before. And I don't know, maybe it's one of those things, I mean, me personally, we'll get into more discussion of the episode here soon, I guess. I I liked the episode, I thought it was good, I thought it was creative, I thought it was very much the Supernatural Chronicle episode, basically, if you've seen that movie. But it was weird not having Sam and Dean there, and I think think that probably threw it off a little bit, if people knew that going in. Maybe, I don't know, and I'm not sure how much a Supernatural would be competing with something like the World Series, because that did have like 11 million viewers that night, so maybe that had to play in that a little bit. I don't know, but it's definitely down... But I don't think there's anything to worry about too much. And then uh, we'll we'll get into the next little episode. We'll talk about how the Halloween ratings were for Blood Brothers as we get into that episode. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and uh, I guess go into our little bit of a feedback section, which we've got where we should kind of start the podcast off with that. Um, kind of hear a few things you may have said over on Facebook. Some people sometimes will email us in something or somebody might interact with us over on the Twitter. And so uh, we would like to try to cover all those bases. And so we're going to hit that music, we're going to play uh, our little little segment song, and then we're going to jump into some of your thoughts. Supernatural Cast Feedback. All right, a couple things here from Facebook. Uh, Courtney chimes in over there a few times, so thanks to Courtney for that. We'll start back on... Looks like October the 23rd, perhaps, and start there. She says, hey, Jimmy, hey, Supernatural cast fans, a little something to keep us busy until the next episode. What's everyone's favorite season and why? I said, I think season five is probably my favorite. Um, I like the lead up and battle between Sam and Dean as the vessels, and the finale was perfect. And then Courtney shares that she loves season four and three, I guess as a tie, but the finale of season five makes her cry every time she sees it. Thanks, Corny, for that. And then she also chimed in. Um, we'll go ahead and jump into this section of the little stuff. And she says, Just watch Bitten. I love when Supernatural changes its format around and stretches its creative legs. They have done werewolves before. Also, they have dealt with Letty monsters live, who seem to re- try to remain good. This time around, you can see the growth in Sam and Dean there. Once was a time where Dean would have just killed the girl and be done with it. I think letting them see how things unfolded gave the them Winchester's a chance to see how someone who never intended on becoming a monster became one. Um, and my quick little response to that was bitten was creative and very much felt like the movie Chronicle. Kate was allowed to walk away, which really hasn't happened in the past. Kind of true. Um, as she mentioned, Dean, you typically would just kill him. Um, as we saw last year with Jewel straight, the lady from uh, firefly. And we have another court comment from Courtney that we'll hold off for our next um, podcast. After I got the last episode posted for Heartache, Courtney says, Love the podcast as always, and the Temple of Doom reference was awesome. And then Myra says, The body who has a temple, Temple of Doom, and Naked Pumpkin Runs. That was a fun podcast, though. So. so thanks to Courtney and Myra for those comments there. And uh, we we'll are look over on the Twitter, see if we have anything to, to bring up there. We had a few follow Fridays over there. A few people retweeted some things and that kind of thing. If you're familiar with all the Twitter um, verse. Um, Thanks to uh, at Weezy02, at Joel's at Mads underscore TVD, and at LODW over on the Twitter for sending follow Fridays and or thanks to us over on the Twitter. Thanks for everyone who checked us out over there. We are at Supernatricast over on the Twitter supernatural without the L due to the limitations of letters. Granted, I would like to not be, be that, but what it's fine. It'll work out. And we are over on Facebook. And uh, so far 24 people have found us over there. So a few more people have, have made their way over to our Facebook page. And so definitely appreciate that. I uh, will just have to say thanks to Glenn over in the UK. Thanks to Lynette. Thanks to Greg. And thanks to Sarah. Who've all found us recently over on Facebook. And so definitely appreciate that. And Sarah has a cool uh, supernatural um, thing listed there when I kind of hovered over her little um, name there. So that's pretty cool. She got, I guess, like Misha Collins as a profile picture and then a, uh, a kind of a cast photo from a couple years ago as her little uh, background there. So um, anyway, thanks to you uh, four who have recently found us over on Facebook. Definitely appreciate that. I think if I get one more like here recently in the near future, Uh, I think that's at the point that Facebook will allow me to uh, actually name the page and give it a username. And so we'll be able to be facebook.com slash versus right now it's a big, long, convoluted thing. Facebook.com forward slash pages forward slash supernatural dash cash dash with dash jimmy dash in dash Georgia forward slash 209 So yeah, big crazy name and something much shorter would be helpful. Um, <laughs> so hopefully we'll get that soon. And one thing, I honestly never really look over there too much and we have a few interactions over there occasionally. Over on Google Plus, we do have a, a, a page there too. You can find us there um, and I'll try to announce about the podcast and things over there. And I don't always do that because I don't really use Google Plus too much. I just have it just in case, you know, people out there use it. All right. Well, I guess that's going to pretty much wrap up our Facebook feedback. Supernatural Recap. All right. I think what we're going to do here just in essence of time and try to get this podcast out and about pretty quickly, I'm going to go ahead and do like a really kind of brief recap. Not even look at my notes and just kind of talk about what happened over the course of the episode. Kind of general terms here just real briefly. So, we will so go ahead and move through with our little podcast here. So basically, this episode opens up. We we meet Brian, we meet Michael, and they're college students they are trying to make them little films. And very early on, they run into a pretty little lady named Kate, and Brian has a fancy for her. Michael ends up being the one who dates her. She also has a camera, by the way. Not too long after the three of these become friends, one of the things that kind of attracts her to Michael is the camera. And it happens to be Brian's camera, but whatever. Um, not too long after they start hanging out, Michael is attacked by a werewolf. We later find out who that werewolf is, and we'll get to that then. He doesn't know he's a werewolf. They think he's a superhero at first until he eats Scotty's heart. Um, Scotty was a little like jerk around campus, and he chased him down and killed him and ate his heart. Sam and Dean are uh, out and about trying to investigate the, another murder that happened prior to this, prior to Michael's attack. And basically, as uh, Michael becomes more of a werewolf, Brian's like, oh, you're awesome. I want to be a superhero, whatever. <laughs> and uh, Michael refuses to bite him. He goes out and finds a little, like, a medallion or something. I honestly didn't even tell what it was. And he goes to the professor somehow, and he makes the connection that the professor is the werewolf, the alpha, the the big dog, if you will, is a werewolf. But, um, he goes there, and he gets the professor to bite him, which... You know, he becomes a werewolf, and then not too long after that, he he fights with Michael. It looks like he has the advantage um, anyway, but he actually has a silver knife, like a thing, like a silver letter opener or something. He kills Michael, and then he bites Kate, and Kate becomes a werewolf. She eventually kills him, completes the movie. Sam and Dean come to the apartment f- after finding the videotape of where they killed the uh, werewolf, the leader, the professor werewolf. They find the videotape and tra- tracks it back to that apartment. And they watched the video of what's all happened and they decided to let Kate go. And one thing I'll mention here, um, and I'm a super brief recap, the opening credits weren't until the very end of the show after the little student film was over, which was kind of interesting. I kind of like that, but anyway, I, I think that's a fairly quick, somewhat, you know, basic stuff of what happened over the course of the episode. And then we can go ahead and get into our other segments and get us moving along so we can get these next couple episodes out, hopefully fairly quickly. so, All right, well, we're going to move into our Supernatural 5. We'll pick out five important moments of this week's episode and uh, break those down just a little bit. Definitely a little more detail than what we just did, and then we'll we'll go on from there. Supernatural 5. We'll count down the top five pivotal moments of this week's episode. All right, our top five moments for this week, and it was a little different not having Sam and Dean being the main focus of the story, but we, we still have some good stuff to talk about here. Number five on my list, I think it's kind of a callback to season five a little bit with some of those supernatural books and stuff. Agents Rose and Hudson, which we'll talk about in our music section a little bit later on. Hudson kind of threw me off, by the way. They were suspected by Michael and Brian of having some sort of office romance. Um, They didn't catch any kind of brotherly connection there. They were thinking they were um, in love, which kind of throws back. I think it was in the episode. I feel like I have to double check this. I, I don't know. Maybe Courtney probably knows. (laughs) <laughs> there, I think there was one episode where we meet Chuck, and then there's a second episode where there's the uh, the convention that he's at, if I'm not mistaken. I may be wrong about that. I feel like that's the case, because I actually watched the episode, or most of it, um, where he at the Supernatural convention, uh, which is actually a really good episode, I think. At some point, I don't think it was at the convention episode, which is why I'm thinking Chuck was around before that. There, there was talk of his books about supernatural, and then because of the devoted fan base, there were some who out there who did fan fiction, and some of those fan fiction had Sam and Dean as um, incestuous lovers or whatever, uh, which is definitely strange. But uh, apparently, that that was part of the uh, the actual online fan community at some point. If it still isn't, it could. I mean, it might still be. I don't know. Not interested. So I think that was an interesting thing that they brought up there, and I kind of feel like that was kind of a callback to that here. So I thought we'd we'd mention that here in my little five, number four, um, Brian, little little Mister President of the AV Club has issues, and it's one of those things about these type of um, found footage things. Just being not like kind of the, basically the Chronicle episode, they they didn't really give you Brian's name for quite a while into the episode. Like as I was taking notes, I kept saying AV Prez, AV Prez, because that's the only thing I knew him by. And it took me a while to get to the fact, Oh, his name's Brian. Okay. But Brian had, um, and they even spelled it out for us. Very, very, you know, straightforwardly. Well, I guess we're talking about in a prop culture segment. They talked about Lord of the flies, Talked about piggy. They talked about how, you know, he didn't feel special. He didn't feel whatever. And he, I guess he's felt like he's been picked on. And Michael even at one point says that basically he is Brian's only friend. And he, I guess he feels sorry for him. Very insecure. No matter, no matter what else is going on, he's very insecure. And so, the fact that his friend becomes a monster literally becomes a monster and he wants to become one to feel better about himself, to have better self esteem, is pretty jacked up. Um it reminds me quite a bit of Twilight and this episode reminds me of Twilight quite a bit. First Twilight book movie, Bella. Once she finds out about the vampire side of, of Edward, she wants him to turn her into one. And you know, repeatedly he keeps telling her, you know, he's a monster, he has no soul, um, all these things and he doesn't want that for her. Yeah, that kind of remind me of that, and then I guess number one is, is going to bring back some Twilight stuff for us to talk about <laughs> in a little bit, and, and maybe you already caught on to what I'm talking about there, maybe not. Alright, number three, I think we'll go ahead and throw this one in here. Um, I guess as far as the bigger picture goes, this one is more about Sam and Dean, but Kate lives. Kate ran away after the whole incident, and she said she would try to you know not harm anybody. The only person she's ever hurt was a werewolf, so it's not really a person, I guess, in that sense, and I think that's pretty interesting. I kind of feel like that's one of those situations where this character will be back, maybe. You know, if the show goes on another year or two, or even maybe later this year. Like, there was... uh, Like, last season, we had a couple characters pop back in, or at least one. DJ Qualls' character—I can't even tell you his name on the show right now, off the top of my head—but I really like his character on the show. He's kind of goofy, which DJ Qualls usually is. And you know, if he was—you know—the new guy, or he was in Lost or whatever he was in, he's always usually kind of goofy. But uh, I think that's kind of kind of a neat character. that Hopefully, we'll see again. I kind of feel like Felicia Day would be back at some point as Charlie or whatever her—you know—new alias might be. Kate might come back. You know, we don't know. Maybe she'll find some other vegetarian werewolves. I remember. Uh, Amber Benson, I believe it was, that used, used to be on Buffy. And granted, we haven't covered a lot of the shows on the podcast here, but she was on Buffy. She was, I'm pretty sure, for a little while on the show as a, uh, kind of a, a vegetarian, if you will, a uh, vampire, I think, where she would do animal blood or, or something. Like She wasn't out killing people as a vampire. And so we have had those type of characters before. And we'll talk about um, one more of those type of characters here in just a moment as we go through our little list. But, yeah, it's interesting what that says about, about Sam and Dean more so than the fact that Kate is alive. Um, it's more important that Sam and Dean aren't like, oh, let's go hunt her down and kill her. Because, you know, they don't have any indication that she's, you know, planning to hurt anyone. But it's one of those things. You're a monster. You're you're hungry for blood. You know, that's not an easy thing to, to deal with, apparently. Especially, you know, again, we're going to talk about another werewolf here in just a moment. But, yeah. Anyway, I guess we'll move on from Kate and her living and Sam and Dean letting her go. I think number 2 and this is definitely one of those things it's it's kind of an obvious thing to say this one of the big points but the fact that Michael was bitten kind of a big deal in this episode uh led to the whole episode more or less uh but Michael his experience was basically uh, supposed to be a diversion when it comes right down to it um and we'll, we'll talk about that here I guess a little bit more in detail in a moment but uh you know his transformation quickly he he went from you know just being a normal guy to killing a frat boy, I guess. And and so that was, you know, a pretty quick transition of making silly movies to sleeping in class to whatever and then killing a dude and eating his heart. But one thing we do see here as always in our supernatural versions of werewolves, is silver. It works every time. As Billy D used to say about cult forty five. But anyway, we're gonna go ahead and point one because that's kind of the some of the stuff I've been dancing around here just a little bit. It kind of ties the whole thing together. Number one, the head werewolf in this particular episode, the uh, the lineage, not necessarily he was an alpha because we have no indication of that, but he was the one in the area, was the professor, the English professor, and he said that he was eating animal hearts for a long time, which gave Kate the idea that she could kind of go, like I said, vegetarian, even though it's not really vegetables, it's animal hearts to the human hearts. It's, again, still better than killing people. It definitely reminds me of the vampires there, the Cullens in the old Twilight series. I uh, brought up an earlier um, version of one of those type of things here in uh, Supernatural with Amber Benson. But the whole point of this whole episode basically is this. The Professor Werewolf, the guy that has been chilling out for like 10 years, eating animal hearts, slips up. He kills a student. Um, and then, which honestly, as a werewolf, he's pretty smart. He's like, man, the hunters are going to come. I've got to go and turn somebody else into a werewolf so they'll catch them because they'll be sloppy because they're new and I can get away and go back into hiding. And so that was a great plan for him. Too bad that uh, Brian is a nerd and figured it out. (laughs) I mean, really, some of this stuff, this would not have happened um, without the exact circumstances that they had. The fact that they were surveilling what they thought were FBI agents and got information from them. And uh, just all sorts of things. They would not have had a clue that this guy was a werewolf, that, I mean, all this stuff. So it worked out very well uh, for Brian to determine who the who the werewolf was. And I, I still don't get what he found out there in the woods. And it looked like some kind of little emblem, a little, I don't know if it was a ring, a pendant, what it was. But it was something, and it led him back to the professor, which we later saw Sam and Dean kill with a silver bullet. Which led them back to the apartment to see the video and to decide to let Kate go after you know she they saw what happened to Michael and Brian, but it was a good plan while it lasted for the werewolf professor, and I guess that's gonna wrap up our five here. I honestly didn't see it if they said it maybe I missed it maybe you want to tell me. Um, I didn't see where this university was located because it wasn't your typical supernatural thing because of the way that was set up as the uh, found footage movie and all that stuff. And so I don't know where they were. I assume Sam and Dean were very close by since they showed up at the murder scene, like immediately, like the first murder that occurred, they were there like while the body was still at the scene. So they had to be close by doing something. So, so we won't have a travel log this week. We do have a uh, pop culture segment to get into. We do have a folklore mythology segment. We will have our uh, driver picks the music. And then we will end our show with our Dean quote of the week. And that'll wrap us up for this short little episode of the Supernatural cast. So stick around. We'll get right back here in, I guess, the folklore mythology section. I always forget how I have these ordered. This week in folklore and mythology. And, okay, here we go. I don't think we've talked about werewolves, especially here on the show before. Um, Being that we've only gone through a few episodes of season one prior to this season. And so I guess we'll kind of cover some of those basic things. One thing just in regards to the werewolves. And I think Supernatural kind of sticks to this uh, particular animal, beast, monster, whatever you want to call it. Pretty much in accordance to what we've seen in the past. There are werewolves out there. If they bite you, you become a werewolf. You're infected with the werewolf disease or whatever you want to call it. And then you become a shape-shifting skinwalker type because we we have all those different variations, I guess, on the show, but they're all kind of related in that you are a human being. And at certain times, either by uh, your own choosing or sometimes, I guess, out of uh, instinct or desire or whatever it might be, you become said werewolf and attack and kill and maim. Eat hearts in their case, which is, again, is, is going back to that whole heart eating Mayan god thing we talked about recently. Um, the heart eating is pretty big this season so far. Supernatural will eat your heart out or something. I don't know. But we, we have the basic legend here going on. You know, I, I think the uh, professor even mentions it some of this about the lunar cycle and how the full moon is, you know, one of those times. And I guess if you're a, a good werewolf, you can kind of control when you transform, I guess. Traditionally, going back all the way, I think, to the Greeks, werewolf was known as a lycantrope. Uh, and I guess that's from the Greek lycos, which is wolf. In Anthros, which is man, wolfman, literal translation of that. Um, And granted, that was the name of the old movies back in the day, Black and White. And I think in that one, it was like a gypsy curse, which is sometimes a part of the whole legends. But again, it does vary and it has been around for quite the while. One of the more modern additions to the folklore has been the silver bullets or silver weapons, as well as the fact that being bitten or scratched or whatever wounded turn you into werewolf. That's more modern as well. I don't know, it's just weird that that's been around since the Greeks. And so, I don't know, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I don't know, I don't know in our culture right now, you know, the few years ago anyway, Twilight was huge. You had the old Jacob, who was a werewolf, who liked to take his shirt off. And you had uh, the other werewolves in his little group. Pretty interesting, I guess. They they went into them a full-on giant wolf mode versus a half-man, half-wolf scenario. Which we've got in the supernatural realm, we have basically a full-on man with some long nails, a little bit of extra hair and some teeth. Almost a a, uh, toned down version of Teen Wolf, if you will. (laughs) Just more evil. But anyway, I don't know. I think that's pretty good. I think we're all pretty familiar with the basics of a werewolf. So I don't think we're going to talk on this too much. And I guess at this point, we'll jump into our, uh, I guess, pop culture segment. I think it's next on the list. supernatural, and pop culture. All right, we'll jump into a little bit of pop culture stuff. And again, probably try to get this somewhat quickly just to keep this moving along. One thing they mentioned, obviously, uh, early on, as Brian is talking about trying to be a filmmaker and whatnot, he talks about working for HBO. Obviously, the home box office is the uh, paid cable service, which is, you know does not come on your basic cable or satellite service. Features shows like True Blood. They used to have the show like The Sopranos, Sex in the City, Entourage. Some popular shows over the past few decades. We know what HBO is. I don't think we really need to talk about that too awful much. We also talk a little bit about Michael Moore. or Actually, he brings up the name. Uh, most of us are probably also aware of Michael Moore. He's a documentary filmmaker who definitely has a liberal leanings um, with his subject matter, whether it be climate change or George W. Bush, or <laughs> whatever he might be uh, poking fun at at the time. Uh, he was first famous, I think it was back in that late 80s, early 90s, um, with a documentary about the uh, auto industry. Roger and Me became his first famous film, and actually was an Emmy award-winning film, which is interesting. Uh, so I guess it premiered on television at some point. And that was back in uh, 1989. It was a documentary about Roger Smith, the former CEO of General Motors. I have seen this movie years ago, I think we had to watch it in college, and even then it was old. He was basically just trying to meet with the guy that ran the company, and they wouldn't talk to him. So the whole movie was him trying to get to talk to him, from what I remember. Anyway, that was just a brief mention of Michael Moore, so I guess we'll move on from there. Um, there are several mentions or or allusions or allegories, whatever, to the Lord of the Flies. And this is a a book originally published back in the 50s by William Golding. It's been the subject of at least two or three movies, I think, at this point over the years. And it's about a group of kids, um, English students, who crash on an island and basically revert to being wild people, (laughs) if you will. As civilization grows more and more distant, they become more and more feral. It's pretty interesting. I remember reading this in, in literature class at some point growing up. And watching the movie, which I think came out in nineteen ninety and I remember I think I remember at some point they mentioned watching Alf, which was like, "Hey, i do that," or did that or whatever, and they mentioned two people in the uh, show, Ralph and Piggy, spoilers ahead, I guess um Ralph basically becomes the chief or the the group's leader pretty soon on, kind of like Jack on lost um he actually is elected. And there's all sorts of stuff to go here, but but Ralph is the leader, he doesn't do a very good job. There's another guy in the group named Jack who is a hunter and they eventually split ways and several people die, including Piggy. And Piggy is uh has bad eyesight, he's fat, he's asthmatic, all those kind of things. He uh, in the uh the nineteen ninety movie I'm pretty sure he is the one who mentions Alf. <laughs> but eventually he's killed. He is the weakest, so to speak. Uh, they kind of go to the survival of the fittest thing, and he is bullied and killed. And they uh, they kill him, basically for his glasses, so I guess they can start fires. Alright, well that's pretty much just a brief little discussion of that. And basically, as far as the story goes, uh, Brian is tired of being the nerd, the uh, geek, the outcast, the made fun of one. He wants to be cool, he wants to be the leader, he wants to have the lady, he wants to do all those things. And uh, he says several times he's tired of being piggy. Two other little things here, or actually a couple more, but um, one other thing that happens when Sam and Dean first show up in this episode, Brian sees them and says Starsky and Hutch in reference to the old 70s TV show. Again, uh, I don't I feel like we know who Starsky and Hutch is. It was also the uh, subject of a movie not too long ago with um, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. We also have a uh, mention here by Michael uh, when he sees them and calls them Rizzoli and Isles. Two, two female leads in kind of a, a police procedural type show over on TNT. Uh, another just random comments, a couple were made in pop culture related type things. I don't see it in my notes here, but someone makes a reference is like, what is this Dumb and Dumber 3? And that was a rumored uh, thing to happen. Actually, it was announced and then not too long after it was announced, I think a couple of months later, it was also announced that Jim Carrey pulled out of this particular film and that the movie studios would not be moving forward without him. Kind of stinks. I was excited about that. Kind of like Ghostbusters. They are making Ghostbusters 3. Sans Bill Murray. So not not super excited about that. I mean I still want I'm still going to see it. I'm not oh, I'm not going to watch it. Because Bill Murray's I didn't know. But he was my favorite part of the movies. As a kid and still is. He's one of my favorite comedic actors ever. I, I can't get enough of, of Scrooge during the Christmas season. I love Groundhog Day anytime. Ghostbusters. It mostly is early stuff. Post The Man Who Knew Too Little. I probably have not seen many of his movies. Like more of his dramatic serious things i really haven't kept up with old bill these days he wants to become more serious and whatnot i did like his cameo in a recent zombie movie and i don't want to spoil it for you if you don't or you haven't seen that so all right well that's almost it there's one last one here sam and dean are discussing michael and one of them i think mentions is he an x-file which i feel like we've talked about x-files at some point the uh 90s tv show with scully and Mulder. Um, David Duchovny, and Jillian Anderson, for the most part. And obviously, if if you're a fan of the show, they weren't there the entire time. During the good seasons, they were. (laughs) And there was the X-File division of the FBI who investigated the weird, the wacky, and the crazy, basically. And so, Mulder was the believer, Scully was the skeptic. Have fun with that. I mean, that's pretty much what the premise of the show was, and they did have fun over the course of, I think, up to like seven seasons or so. But anyway, we're going to move on into our little music section. We have three things to talk about, and then we're going to wrap this little show up and hopefully have some more episodes coming soon if I can find the time and the motivation to do it. So, yeah. Driver picks the music. All right, first up, the episode kind of begins and ends with What's the Matter by Milo Green. Milo Green is an indie rock band... From L.A., there's five members in the old band, including four lead singers, which is kind of fun about those indie bands that happen sometimes. And they do have uh, the members of the band. We'll go ahead and run them down. Why not? Robbie Arnett, Graham Fink, Andrew Haringer, Curtis Moreo, Marlena Sheets. And it looks like their album Um, was actually released this year in 2012 which again makes sense you know these college kids they're listening to something more modern on a college campus so they're listening to an album that was released this summer their self-titled album milo green was released july 17th 2012 and at one point was 115 on the 200 uh, billboard charts and what's the matter is number one track on the old album there Alright, um also this episode we featured another song by the outdoors. It was a song entitled Barricades. And this one I think was playing kinda in the background as Michael and Kate are in the bedroom at one point. And I think he's crying maybe. I think I think it might've been the scene where he was crying. In the outdoors it should not be confused with the great outdoors, the John Candy Dan Ackroyd movie from the eighties that was pretty funny. <laughs> And the Outdoors, another indie rock group. The song Barricades was featured on the album, or EP technically, The Outdoors EP from 2011. And actually, if you go to outdoorsmusic.com, you can download the album for free. Alright, well there is one last little bit of uh, information here we want to share about the music section for this week. Rose and Hudson, did you get it? I didn't get it, I had to look it up. Rose, okay, Axel Rose, that made sense. Um, good old Guns N' Roses from back in the 80s in their heyday. Hudson, however, wasn't as easy for me. Hudson is the real name for Slash. If you're familiar with the old Guns N' Roses, Slash is their guitarist. And um just so happens that Slash's real name is Saul Hudson. And those were the aliases that Sam and Dean were using in this episode. So I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, Guns N' Roses, I would say for me... Their they're like height of their career and this may not be completely true but it was basically from 1987 with appetite for destruction which featured stuff like paradise city sweet child of mine um several really just big ones there and then going in through 1991's use your illusions part one and two um, which had some really good stuff and for me i really haven't listened to them since then I mean, I was still kind of a kid when the when the Appetite for Destruction came out, and I still liked it. And my brother had it, but anyway, um, I think I'll be all for that, and then we're gonna wrap our show up here. and Hopefully, we get this posted quickly. We get the next couple episodes out fairly fast, and then we'll move on from there. and Hopefully, this won't be a, a common occurrence where we're this far behind. But yeah, once again, you can contact us in all sorts of ways. You can find us over at supernaturalcast.com. It has all this information there. You can email us at mail at supernaturalcast.com. You can find us on Facebook. We're almost there to the point where I can put a username there, which would be very helpful. Just search for us there on Facebook or Google Plus or in iTunes. You can find us all those kind of ways. And uh, if you search if you if you just search Supernatural Cast. In general, in Google, um, uh, at least here on my Google search, we showed up as the second link on the second page, which isn't too bad considering uh, for eight seasons now people have been writing about the cast of Supernatural. But anyway, you can find us there, and you can call into the show at 203-74-SUPER. That's 203-747-8737. One other way you can get in contact with us, of course, is our Twitter. We have mentioned it earlier, and on the Twitter we are Supernatural cast that's supernatural without the l cast but if you search supernatural cast you'll still find us um so it'll work out in any way all right well that's going to wrap up this little episode about bitten and hopefully like i said we'll be back soon with blood brothers and then hopefully be back pretty soon yet again with another episode of the supernatural cast we're going to close this out with our dean quote of the week and we'll see you next time from the supernatural cast i'm jimmy georgia peace (laughs) It's time for the Dean Quote of the Week. Kate's right, she hasn't hurt anybody, well, anybody human, at least. she didn't choose this, let's give her a shot. Pops back up, I mean, if she strays, then no questions asked, we we do what we gotta do, and uh, we take her down. You see? Yeah. Do I really say awesome a lot? No, no, no.